This week we begin a two-part series where we will give you the Ten Commandments for couples in business. So, if you and your spouse are in business together, you will love this episode. If you've had concerns about being in business together, we'll show you the importance of it and what you're missing. If you apply these commandments, they will keep your marriage strong, give you great satisfaction, and compound your success. And if you're married and your spouse isn't in business with you, it might just get them to reconsider after listening to this. As you will see, you can accomplish a lot more together than you ever could alone. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 and 10 confirms this where it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. So, are you ready? Let's dig deeper. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, hosted by certified coaches Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Elizabeth is a Christian life and leadership coach, branding consultant, and busy mompreneur. Sebastian is a Christian speaker, Bible teacher, author, and leadership expert. Together, they help today's committed believers to dig deeper in their knowledge and walk with God in order for them to grow and climb higher in life and leadership. If you want to dig even deeper, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com for more free resources and content. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. We're so excited you can join us. We are going to cover the 10 commandments for couples in business. But before we dive in, I want to uh, remind you, for those of you that don't know, we started um, adding top nuggets, which are short inspirational videos. Sometimes we talk about a quote, a Bible verse that's impacted us, a leadership lesson. There's all kinds of leadership tips and personal growth and faith information uh, in video format. So you want to check that out either on our website at thrivingonpurpose.com or you can go to YouTube and search for Thriving on Purpose. You'll see our YouTube channel. You can subscribe and see those top nuggets. So I just want to inform you, for those of you that don't know, that don't get our emails, uh, we try to always uh, let you know what's new in our emails. You can sign up for that at Thriving on Purpose. And as usual, if you love this content, if you're enjoying it and you know it can bless other Christians, please share this podcast. So let's dig deeper. The first commandment is, Sebastian? So the first commandment for couples in business is, thou shalt cultivate a vision together. Thou shalt cultivate a vision together. This is probably the anchor point if you're going to be in business together. For me, it was a long time coming. And um, to be honest, having a vision as a couple is greatly underrated. And what I mean by that is it is not taught enough. 
Uh, you know, we oftentimes we say that divorces happen because of finances, because of family issues, because of all kinds of stuff. But we never point out the lack of vision. Remember, the Bible says that where there is no vision, the people perish. And I believe that a lack of vision in the instance of marriage, having a common vision together, something you'd be working on together, is what kills most marriages. And it's not because a couple is still together after 25 or 35 years that they have a good marriage. They just have a long-lasting marriage. That doesn't mean it's good. And having a vision is an essential component of having a strong marriage. And we have a clip we wanted to share with you guys of a couple we esteem greatly, John and Lisa Bevere. They were together on a stage sharing their story, story about their, their marriage and their struggles and their successes. So in this clip, John Bevere reveals to us what he thinks is the key to having a strong marriage. And we think you might be surprised. Listen to what he has to say. I want to say this, that Lisa and I, um, 20 years ago, we would have said that we're just because we have made a covenant with God and a commitment to God, we're going to stay together, but we're not very happy together. And we realized this was the wrong mentality and it wasn't God's best. And we decided to really attack it and challenge it. And there are a lot of people that are in the church that are together, but they're not happy and they're not fulfilled. And that's not God's design for a marriage. God wants you to have a rich, fulfilled marriage in which you accomplish more together than you would have ever have, have accomplished by yourself. Amen? And so um, the, the key here is, I believe, having a vision for the end. And when you, when you know where you're going, I mean, think about it. How could they ever have built this chair had they not first built a prototype? How can you build an automobile without a, without a design? How can you build a home without a blueprint? How can you end up at your destination if you don't have Google Maps, right? So um, everything, everything we do in life, we know where we're going with it if it's successful. We don't just happily ever after just doesn't happen the way the kind of Hollywood portrays it happened. You have to plan for it. You have to fight for it. You have to work for it. And so it's an investment. Okay, so we're back. What a great clip. This is a very powerful clip. And um, obviously he's talking about the vision that you build together as a couple for your marriage and uh, the long-lasting legacy. And I'm just going to read to you a bit of the description of what was said in the video in the, in the content of this uh, full episode. He says, God designed marriage with the end in mind and has a unique vision for each couple to be happy, fulfilled, thriving, and flourishing. He also says, the legacy we leave through our marriage is more important than ourselves. Mm. And we never think about that. You know, when we get married, we're always focused on ourselves. You know, what that person's going to bring to our marriage. And we don't think of God's vision and how God puts you together to accomplish something. So with your unique strengths and abilities 
and personalities and everything that you are, your character and all together will accomplish great things for the Lord if you can learn to work properly for the Lord. And so he says the vision for a marriage covenant has to be bigger than us. Write out the end of your story in the beginning. As God listens to your dreams, get a vision for your marriage. Hmm. So there's a lot of power there. And when it comes from a business perspective, this is a, a great way for us to apply this if you're in business together because you can work together using the tools and skills you have to accomplish great things as a couple, to add value, to serve others, as it could be something else. You know, it could be going in ministry together. It could be doing a nonprofit and uh, having a different kind of, of missions, of visions together. There's a lot you can do for God. It doesn't have to be business, but now we're talking about business. Um, it's a good idea to build that vision together. I know when we started Thriving on Purpose, that was very important for us to dream together what Thriving on Purpose was going to become. And that propelled us to move forward because we always had a common vision. And you know, it evolves with time. Like our vision, how how it we saw it in the beginning was different two years down the road. And then three years down the road and five years down the road, it's it's become different for us. And so we grew together in that vision. And that's really important because that really, uh, I would say, super glues the, the couple together. Yeah, and I want to I want to comment on this very important uh, commandment, which is probably one of the most important ones. They're all important, the 10 ones we, we listed, but this one is really like foundational. And uh, I want to talk to the guys, to the men, a while back, I heard Dr. Miles Monroe in a teaching talking to men. It was a men's conference. He was talking to the men about the importance of for us to have a vision. And he was saying basically that the crux of his teaching was very simple. And it hit me. It, it hit me. It hit me because uh, for the longest time, I didn't qualify. And he said that there's two things that Adam had before he was introduced to Eve in the garden. Number one, he had a strong relationship with his creator. And number two, he had a work assignment, or if you will, a purpose and a vision. He knew exactly what he was there to do. He knew his work. And, uh, and then Miles Monroe went on to talk about how Jesus, when he came to earth, always referred to the work that the Father sent me to do, the work that I have to do, the work, the work. He was, Christ was all focused about his purpose, his mission. And as men, we are called to be leaders of our household, leaders of our marriage, leaders of our children. God builds the family upon the foundation of a man. Because the man was created first. And then the woman came in. And she was meant to be a helpmeet, a helper for the man. And here's the mistake many men make. And I was one of those. And it greatly hurt my wife. And it greatly hurt uh, our marriage. I got married thinking that it was going to bring me joy. Or that it was going to fix my, um, 
the fact that I was kind of unhappy in life. You see, I didn't know my purpose. I didn't have a vision for my life. I had no clue what my work assignment on the earth was. Right then and there, that was a big problem. So, and I and basically, I told Elizabeth, I said, come, follow me. In other words, when a woman decides to marry you, she, you're, you're, you as the man, you're basically inviting this woman to follow you on this adventure called life. Okay, because you're going to be the leader of the family, the, the family unit. I know that's not very popular teaching that, right, today, because it's a concept that is kind of being relegated to an old or past era where the men were leaders. But I'm sorry, God is still calling us to step up and be the leaders of our marriage, be the leaders of our families in love. And the problem with me was I, did, I didn't have that conviction, that vision, that knowing that purpose. Of course, I had a broken childhood. I had all kinds of, I guess you could call them excuses. But I should have refrained to marry. If I had any sense or maturity at the time, I should have refrained until I actually fixed this. Because then I brought her in and I greatly hurt her and our marriage in the process. It was only when I actually embraced, found my purpose and embraced it and founded Thriving on Purpose and became alive through having an ignited soul, I guess you could say, that finally Liz also became happier in our marriage because for the longest time it was extremely painful for her to be in a covenant marriage with a man who didn't know his purpose, who didn't have a vision. And like I said earlier, without a vision, the people perish. Well, it, it was hurting us both. And when I finally, finally embraced that vision, finally developed it and shared it with her, I think it was a sigh of relief, <laughs> not just for me, but for her as well. She was like, finally, I can become that helpmate, that, that helpmeet to help you meet those objectives, to help you get to that vision. But before that, it was just aimless for us. Yeah, and um, John Bevere talks about that, you know, that he's like they've been married for 37 years. And he said just 20 years ago, he said they were just in a, a, a committed marriage where they, you know, knew that they couldn't divorce, that it wasn't the right thing. And they were just going through the motions of marriage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people um, have this false uh, it's not a false idea. I mean, there's a lot of truth to it. You know, the 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 husband's supposed to be the provider and the leader, and the the wife is supposed to be a helper. But they think that it's only in the house and it's only with the children. And so, what happens is they're not building past. They're not building something greater than than that together and what happens is when the kids start growing up and have their own lives and move out and whatnot they have nothing to to, to hold, hold on together and you know it's not enough to say well you know I, I provided for you all all our lives and now we're going to have this great retirement doing nothing golfing and and boating what whatnot that's not enough to to have a thriving marriage the way god designed it yeah. so if you're listening to this and you know you're you're pretty young, I mean, any, at any age you can build this. But 
uh, especially if you're you know younger um, it's really important to be asking yourself those questions and talking about that you know you don't have to be in business together to have a common vision together of something you're working for and a legacy that you're building so that your uh, your children have something to remember you by and teach their kids you know and I, I love their story Lisa and, and and John because they're very honest about that and look at how many books they wrote and how many uh, conferences and, and messages they got out of that through their testimony and what God has shown them through the years all while building their their family they didn't yeah. stop and say oh well we're going to get into ministry and and do this for others when our kids are out of the house they were building this as their kids were young I've listened to a lot of her story and and I know this to be fact so um so going back to that vision for the longest time you know i can say from from a wife's perspective i saw my husband miserable doing a job that he did not like uh felt trapped that you know he had no options because you know he was in a government position and that's the best that you're gonna get and the salary and the pension and all that and like we call the golden handcuffs and a lot of men are doing that and you know they think they're doing the right thing in the eyes of God that they're providing for their families and that's all that's required of them and so they're not even thinking about vision because they're they feel trapped they feel like they're in a prison every day and if I may just add something um, we men are often times maybe less to a lesser extent today but we've been called for years and years and decades and, and even centuries the providers of our household we're the ones who provide well the word provide is composed of two words pro which means ahead and video which means vision so provision provider so a provider sees ahead sees ahead so you see ahead of time so you have a vision you provide a vision far ahead so as a provider we don't just bring home the bacon we're supposed to provide vision for the family unit starting mm -hmm. with our marriage and our wives and as i said earlier i lack i severely lack that and praise god he got me out of that and he and he, he helped us but i i just wanted to bring this in the the pro video aspect the provision aspect which i think really adds to the understanding of what that vision entails yeah and i saw when sebastian started thriving on purpose and uh you know all of this started working in him all of a sudden he had hope he had joy uh life was lighter you know he went from a depressive state to having pure joy and and uh he was ignited for christ and ignited to do these things and passionate about it and all of a sudden it, it like he found this like supernatural energy to you know write a book and to do a lot of these things while always working his full-time job because that's what propelled him his vision was what was pulling him and was stronger than the nine to five or, or uh, it was actually a lot worse than that he finished at 10 30 11 some nights uh, later than that and so it was hard on him physically but the fact that he had this vision pulling him I saw this joy and I saw this excitement and he would share with me what he was seeing for Thriving on Purpose and that encouraged me to want him to succeed. And uh, so when he asked me to to come on board, I was doing something else. I was uh, working uh, you know, towards coaching women and I had built something else. And, and it, it took me, like when he 
asked me to come and help him with Thriving on Purpose, I didn't take it lightly because for me it meant that I was going to have to let go of something that I cared about. But at the same time, I could just see how stronger and how better this could be if we work together. It's like God gave me this vision of how things could be together and that's what helped us move along because we you know we have in business you have your ups and downs and working as a couple has its shares of ups and downs but if you both have this vision together as a woman I can tell you that we we tend to really really want to be a help meet like the bible says it's not just about you know cleaning the house and taking care of your kids when we talk about our visions when we talk about thriving our purpose we're excited our kids see it they feel that excitement they're asking us what are you going to talk about this week and and it gives us moments where we can talk about you know what god's doing in our lives what god's sharing with us what we're learning and they learn some of that too so it becomes a family business you know so i encourage you to to think about that and to talk about that with your spouse and see how you can have this common vision um, whether it's business or not but at least to find something that uh, you feel god is calling you to do together amen to that which brings us to the second commandment for couples in business thou shalt define thy roles thou shalt define thy roles yeah so we spend a lot of uh, time on number one we won't spend as much time on the other ones uh they're all important but number one was really crucial because i think it's the foundation of all of this Um, defining thy roles is basically really uh, important in the way that um, I think you really learn more of each other's strengths when you're in business together because that's where you both have to find your sweet spots where the strength zones are and to try to avoid making the other work that that person's weakness so for example Uh, Sebastian is a great content builder. Uh, I have great ideas, but he's good at uh, building the content, writing. He's very good at writing. So we we both have learned to work our strengths um, to run Thriving on Purpose. I have, um, you know, a better uh, idea of marketing and of like I've studied a lot of this content, um, branding. Um, there's a lot of stuff we do together. We're always in it together in our decision making and all that. But we've learned through time that it just didn't make sense for me to do the content because it wasn't my strength zone and it would just be longer and harder. And, you know, so we both learned what was our strength zone. And, you know, there was frustrations in the beginning because I was like, well, why don't you learn how to do marketing? Why don't you learn how to do this and how to do that so that, you know, uh, the business will, you know, thrive faster and this and that. And he was like, I could try, but even if I do, I don't understand it the way you do. It takes me forever to understand uh, this topic because it's just not my strength. I, I don't, I just don't get it as well as you do. And for me, it was something that was super easy. And I was like, well, why don't you get it? It's so simple. I don't understand. Because <laughs> you're, you're passionate about it, right? I, and I'm good at uh, branding, like uh, finding uh, catchy names or taglines. I'm very good at that. Marketing, I mean, the timing of it. 
uh, how to propose an idea. The technical aspect. The technical aspect of it. Now that that really it threw me for a loop. It was really hard for me <laughs> to try to do that. And she would always be telling me, "I want you to follow that YouTube marketing course." To, to become better at marketing on YouTube or that Facebook ad course. So I want you to follow it and understand it. And I was like, I feel like I'm wasting my time when I'm doing that. Yeah. And you know what? So a lot of that, we're just giving you examples here. You're probably laughing and you're seeing how, you know, you probably had similar struggles. But I think the, the key for us to move faster was really not it was really to accept that we were both made differently and that we couldn't force each other to learn stuff that we weren't good at learning. Uh, we had to focus on our strengths. And, you know, when things, when we felt that there was an imbalancement, um, you know, we had to discuss, okay, well, if this is too much, what can you uh, remove that would put a little less load on your shoulders this week? Yeah. You know, we had to talk about that so that, I didn't feel feel completely overwhelmed with everything I had to learn and implement, and he didn't feel completely overwhelmed in what he had to do either. Like we really had to not bite more than we could chew, basically. Yeah. And in defining our roles, I I think it's also very important to mention being fully aware of your personalities and your um, temperaments what you're good at are you like the, the introvert is there one of you like if you're in a couple there might be one of you who's an extrovert uh, who could be it would probably love to engage with people or network and the other ones who's an introvert who who loves to i don't know uh, build websites well you, you kind of have it defined right then and there right one could be the public face of the company the other one works in the background uh, making sure the website operates great and everything's fine yeah and i know i've seen couples try to do this try to kind of force the introvert to be more extroverted and you know you can see that the person's like really really uncomfortable and it's just like doesn't want to do that and people can sense that there's no point you know there's there's getting out of your comfort zones yes it's important yeah. but there's also respecting each other's strengths and you know sometimes in your business you may have to say look i'm gonna have to get an outside source to help me with this certain thing because that's just not my strength and it's not your strength either, you know? And and I have a good example in our own business, my wife and I, like we, we spoke of like how I'm the content builder. She's more she's more the business side. But there's been weeks when I was overswamped with content and Liz had to share the load and say, Okay, you know what? You're you're overswamped, I'm gonna work the podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna build it this week and I'm gonna create the content for it. And other times I, I've had to get out of my comfort zone, for example, in the more technical side of things. And I had to learn um, to um, edit uh, our podcast. So edit audio, edit video. I'm the one who does that. Because why? Because Liz is all, already overtaxed doing the rest. Of course, eventually we're, our, our plan is, as we grow, is to delegate more and more of that stuff that doesn't have to do with our strengths. But this, there's stuff we've had to learn along the way that was not necessarily our comfort zone, but we had to do it for the well, the the, the well-being of the business, right? We had to do to learn this stuff. Yeah, exactly. So it's really important for you both to try different things at first and see, you know, what works and what doesn't, and readjust. Don't be a, don't be afraid to talk to your spouse and say, look, you know what? I've tried this and it's just not working. I'm, I'm really not liking it or not. Uh, understanding it properly and I want to outsource this or uh, you know maybe you can try this 
You know, it's sort of like when you get married, right? Yeah, when you exactly. get married and you're newlywed, then you have all these chores and things that need to get done. Who's going to vacuum? Who's going to cook? Who's going to clean the dishes? <laughs> yeah, and at first, like right away, we're like, you know, when we talked about it and we made lists and, and we separated the lists of what we were going to do, after a while, we're like, you know what? I really hate doing this thing. <laughs> and he's like, really? I don't mind it that much. And then we start switching and swapping stuff. Yeah, and it was funny because we kind of did it, uh, you know, when you're in gym in high school and you're picking teams, <laughs> you got all the players and you got the two team captains. I pick Jim. I, I pick Andrew. I pick... So we basically had listed everything that needed to get done in our household. And those were our quote unquote players. And we were the two captains. And each in turn, we got to pick the player we wanted on our team. So at the end, we, at the end, we had a, a pretty good share of responsibilities. So we gave that a go. And uh, it was always open to, to renegotiation, right? After two weeks, if Liz came to see me and said, you know what, I've been doing this for two weeks. It's driving me nuts. Could you give it a go? I said, okay, I'll try it. And, and yeah, you find your, your, you find your comfort zone. You find where you're more or better adept at doing so-and-so. It's the same in business because you have all these tasks and all these, these things that need to get done. And you know, you, but see, when you're in business together and you've been married for a while, you kind of know each other a little bit better. So you kind of know right from the get-go, okay, Liz is going to take care of that or I'm going to do this because I know that's that's definitely me. But you still got to share this and, and, and analyze which, who's going to be better at doing what. Yeah, and that brings us to the third commandment, which is thou shalt agree on a DMO, which is a daily method of operation. Because whether you're in business or whether you're just going through life together and you have children and you have to get your house uh, in order, when you're in business, you have to have a good balance of who's going to do what. And, you know, if, if you've decided, for example, um, you're going to focus on homeschooling and taking care of the kids, and so you're at home a little more um, and working the business part-time, then you have more, cho more time to do more chores in the house then you know that makes sense for you and together then then so be it like you both have to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work you know in the beginning that example that we gave we were both working full-time positions so we had to split like i couldn't stay home i didn't have more hours than he did you know and things shifted as i stayed home um, and then, you know, I did more and he did a little less. And then when we had our business, then that was different too, because we had to adjust because then a lot of more hours were going into the business, into coaching, into masterminds, into all kinds of other things, yeah. the podcasts and whatnot, and the graphic arts and the, you know, the trainings and this and that. So, and we both uh, do our home business as well, uh, our online business, which is another venture we have. So we had a lot of uh, things that we had to get done and we have three kids. So we really had to see and sit down and say, okay, what's the daily method of operation? What are the essential things that need to get done in blocks of times uh, over a period of seven hours. days? <laughs> um, yeah. And how does this fit? How do we fit in our daily devotion with God? Uh, our, you know, we believe in doing affirmations, declarations, biblical declarations in the morning and different things like praying that. Praying together. Praying together. And, you know, essential things that we knew that were prime, like really, really important. And so we wrote all of these things down and broke up our, our days that way to make sure that, you know, we're thriving as a couple, thriving um, in our faith, uh, getting spiritual f uh, food. So there's times where 
we we need to you know resource and uh, refill as we say and also times where we have to say okay you know we got to work our business we got to do this and this and this and these are the priorities and the household chores and the kids where do they fit in here there you go uh, you know to make time because we believe in uh, having time for our children and you know investing in them as well so we had to dis- to really sit down and discuss this and i think it's important for you to do the same yeah it's kind of like a breakdown of every 24 hour period having a rough idea of, of what's going to go down every 24 hours but also so there's the daily method of operation but there's also the weekly method of operation because you have stuff you get you need to get done every week and you have stuff that you need to get done every day so you have to break that down as well uh, so it's basically scheduling it so that everything is working so that everything works in your favor yeah and you know a lot of people in business tend to do go to the extreme and say you know what this and this has to be done for my business so then they kind of like leave their family as if i have time and as a christian household i can tell you that that does not work it just creates frustration you'll hear it from your kids and they yeah they remind you when it doesn't work they, they come they, and tell you hey you know what all your work it's not working yeah, so, I mean, you know, a lot of you will say, yeah, but I'm doing this for my children and financially it's going to work out and it's good. they're going to have a better future and all that. And I, I completely understand that. But every day you have to carve out time where you spend quality time, uh, you know, doing homework, uh, having meal time and, uh, you know, finding out how their day went and spending some quality time so that they don't get frustrated and they feel like they saw their parents because they've been gone to school all day you know they've been looking forward to connecting with you and if you're just like i'm eating supper and i'm off doing phone calls or running my business whatever they feel like they don't have a parent you know yeah exactly and it it just creates frustration so make sure you block in that time uh for your children and um and you know plan fun fun things with your children on weekends even if there has to be some work sometimes here and there if there has to be if not you know at least take one sabbath day one day where where you connect with god and you're relaxed and have some good quality family time as well mm-hmm. so that's things that we've uh, we've applied that have been working great for us and have been an adjustment through time some things we tried didn't work and we had to readjust and it's just uh, the process that brings us to commandment number four. Thou shalt commit to thy business. So what does this mean, thou shalt commit to thy business? You, you, you guys are probably thinking, well, I'm, I'm committed. Uh, here's the thing. You know how they say that a, a really good, strong marriage is not 50-50? It's 100-100. You have to be 100% all in. Each has to be 100% all in in order for it to work. Well, guess what? It's the same thing when you're in a couple in business. Each party has to be 100% all in for the business to work, okay? So commandment number four is for you to take really at heart and say, you know what? I'm going to commit 100% to my business. I'm all in. And if both do that, guess what? The compound effect is going to be tremendous. Yeah, and you know, um, I want to talk about those of you that are in business together in a home-based business or direct sales, network marketing, something that you're building together as entrepreneurs, whether it be that or whether it be something else uh, that you're building together, it's really important that you both commit to what it is that you say you're going to do together. Because if 
you're only supporting one side, but the person feels, you know, your spouse feels that you're not really committed. So you kind of slack off on your side of what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Or, you know, oh, well, I didn't really have time. You know, this week has been like this. This week has been like that. And I don't really have time to do my phone calls or do this or do that. It's going to strain on your marriage because... especially usually out of the two of you, sometimes there's one that's a little more task oriented or has the law of navigation, like John Maxwell says, uh, which is you see the completed goal at the end of the week, at the end of the day. And that could put strain on the marriage if, if you feel like the other person is not committed because then you feel like you have to put in more work because the person's slacking off. So, for you, maybe it's no big deal. You're like, ah, I'll just do more of that tomorrow instead. But for your spouse, that might sound, that might make them feel like you're not really committed and you're not really in this 100%. And that's not a good feeling. Like you no. both have to really be committed no matter what happens. Because in life, all kinds of things happen. You're going to have the mother-in-law calling, the, your father is saying he needs you for this and for that. And you have to establish your priorities and say, no, you know what? This is important to my marriage. This is important for our future of our family. I have to be committed in this business for it to work and uh, give your 100%. Yeah, kind of reminds me of the episode we did on uh, Nehemiah. Uh, couple of episodes back where they were trying to get laser focus yeah yeah, they were trying to get him off that wall and he kept kept saying no 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 you don't understand i'm doing a work of value here i'm doing something that matters i ain't coming down from that wall so it's 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 not to tell you not to to, like we were talking about the dmo earlier but it's not to tell you to be like just focus on that but do diligently the thing that you're supposed to do in your business and be all in. Be 100% in and, and do your part with your whole heart so that your spouse doesn't feel like you said earlier, Liz, that you're slacking off and, and that there shouldn't be that any slacking That is not off. a priority. I mean, if yeah. you get sick, I mean, like, you know, life happens, right? You can't, you can't, you couldn't, you couldn't. That's And, and you just talk it over and it, you fix it and that's fine. Yeah, there's been times but where But we're Sebastian, talking about an attitude of the mind yeah. here. Like, there's been times where Sebastian or I was sick and it was just like, okay, uh, I didn't expect that to happen. So I had to, you know, kind of say, okay, we're not doing this topic this week. And I'm going to focus on something that I feel comfortable talking about and teaching. And, and so, you know, I would wing it and... Uh, we were okay with that, you know, but when we're talking about commitment, we're talking more of an attitude of, a, yeah. oh, this can wait. This is not really a priority. There's always something else more important that shows up. And it's only like when you, f- you feel that your spouse is thinking, oh, it's only when I have this extra free time that I'm going to commit to yeah. this. That's where it becomes a problem because yeah. it has to be a priority because you both have the same goals. Uh, and vision in the end so you both have to take it seriously which brings us to the fifth commandment for couples in business which says thou shalt respect and trust thy partner very very important and i'm glad it comes in in the fifth position because it kind of like bridges the gap between the first few commandments and the last commandments respect and trust this is I gotta say it, it's hard <laughs> because because running a business can be very stressful. And guess who the first person will be, who will be in your face when you're stressed <laughs> out? 
It's not going to be the customer. Well, it could be the customer, but most of the time it's the person you work with. And the person you work with in this instance will be your spouse. So you have to make sure no matter how high the stress level goes, no matter how overworked you feel, no matter how overwhelmed you feel, that you always respect and trust your partner. And I, I think both are so important. The respect part in your words, how you address your partner, your kindness, your consideration of what the other one's doing. And also the trust part. We were just talking about uh, committing ourselves, making an agreement with ourselves. Hey, I'm going to be all in. Well, the trust part, that's where it comes in. They, you know, in 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter on love, it says that love always trusts. In other words, you don't look at your spouse thinking, well, he's only giving half what he can give or, or she's only giving. You, you know, you have to trust that your partner, even if you don't feel like they are, is actually doing their best. And it's happened time and time again with me and Liz thinking like, sometimes she pointed a finger at me saying, like, you didn't, you didn't work on this or you, you just neglected that. And I said, what? I give it my best. And then she was being critical. And so she didn't really feel like I had given my best. And likewise, me, sometimes I would point finger at her and say, uh, what kind of half-caught <laughs> horse manure did you just work on? You know, And that was disrespectful and mean. And I didn't trust that she had given her best. And she would look at me like, what? <laughs> I did my best. I researched so-and-so and... -so and I did this and I did that to achieve this. And, and then I was disrespecting the work that she had put in and the work that she had actually done. So this is so important. Trust that your partner is doing their best at all times. And also, if you don't trust, because it's going to happen, at least show some respect when you do bring it up. Say, did you really give it your all when you researched the podcast this week or 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 this blog post or this or that that you just did or this new addition to the website this page is it really you did you finish it is it finished sometimes i would go to yeah you know that new page you did on the web, the website um is it finished that was my way of asking is that it <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be like no, no no it's not finished and then i would like have a sigh of relief because inside i, I thought is that her best because if it is we're in trouble but then she would reassure me, say, no, no, I still have two weeks of work to put on that page. I said, okay, thank goodness. <laughs> but, you know, respect and trust your partner. It's so huge in business because, trust me, the person that's going to ruffle your feathers the most is going to be your partner. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. You're married together and you're working together. That means, you know, you don't, you're not like other couples where the other one gets to go to work for you or you just get to split up and go to work each uh, on your own uh, at your own job, 40 hours, then come back in the evening, you know? Yeah. And there's the the respect and trust also goes from a financial standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, when we've had to decide together what we were going to invest in, what kind of personal uh, personal growth were we going to um, purchase or uh, co were we going to get coaching, which kind of coach, which was going to be our mentor, um, you know, all these decisions that you take for personal growth as yeah. well and finances and all that, all the decisions that have to do with the business uh, and the thriving of the business have to have uh, a mutual trust. trust and respect 
towards all of this and and you have to be in agreement because if you're in disagreement it's going to cause uh, a lot of problems yeah in case in point uh well i'm content creator so obviously i'm going to be looking when I, if i look in, into trainings for myself uh, how to write better or how to you know i don't know a course on how to make a kick-ass blog well obviously it's not something that liz works on it's not something that will directly be something that she would purchase like copywriting or copywriting that's just an example yeah and she would she would have to trust me that this course is going to be good for our business Mm -hmm. you know so i'm taking the course i'm getting better at it but she would have to say yeah green light let's do this and let's spend that money on that training for you so that you can bring that skill up to the next level for our business. And same for me, whenever she would seek uh, coaching or whatever course to better herself at what she's doing, I, you know, I had to, to most times say, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's spend. And uh, even I would that. even and say, even important. when it came to books, I mean, there's certain books that he bought just for his, for his knowledge. And there's other books where, we had to talk about, you know, are we going to read this? Is this going to help our business? If yes, okay, we agree to buy this one. Or no, we we don't agree. Let's buy another book that we both agree on and read that together as an objective, as a goal, so that we can both learn the content and teach it or both learn the content so it makes us, uh, you know, grow yeah. on a personal level. So there's been decisions like that as well. Like it, 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 it varies, right? So it's really to respect each other's strengths. I would say in this point is very important as well. Um, like he was saying, you know, did you give your best? Well, sometimes it is the best of your partner because you're asking them to do something that's not in their strength zone. And and and, and I remember one time I asked her. <laughs> it was she had written the show notes, and we were on a tight deadline for the podcast, and she always wants me to reread them and. and um, I don't remember if you had asked me that time. But I, I I was flabbergasted. It was horrendous. And I, no 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 disrespect, Liz, but <laughs> I remember that particular time. And I went. I, I came back home and I said, you know, you sent me the show notes. <laughs> what happened? And then she just just like that she started laughing, just like she's laughing now because she had not given it her best, and it was obvious. She just laughed it out. And this was her way of saying, you know what? I didn't really have time. I didn't put any effort into it. Just go and fix it. And, I, and we just had a good laugh about it. But, you know, stuff like that happens, right? Yeah, especially when you're... Overworked, tired, overwhelmed. Yeah, and doing other stuff and other businesses and uh, busy, busy with the kids and stuff. So sometimes there's been times like that where it wasn't my strength and I had to do it because he had... He was putting in more hours at work and, you know, we had to adjust. It was funny, though. I, I remember that. It was just a, a funny thing, right? Yeah. So, anyhow, we hope that you were blessed by this podcast, that this helped you, that you had some good laughs and that you learned a lot. And I would say, you know, all of this information is really, really great. But the one piece of goal that you really have to focus on is really think about what John Bevere said when he says the legacy we leave through our marriage is more important than ourselves and when you focus on that you know like I said it could be building something that you know the the Lord is calling you both to do or it could be a business that you know you're going to add value and serve people with and you want to do this together as as a family or as a couple it's so important for you to think 
outside of the box and think bigger, much bigger than, you know, what we've been taught in church to just do those little roles of, you know, providing and and taking care of our kids and cleaning the house and that's it, that it it doesn't end there. God has a lot more in store for you and some of you haven't even tapped into that. Some of you haven't even considered that concept because it's so ingrained in your minds that that's all there is to it. But there's so much more God wants to do with your lives. God wants to do with you as a couple. There's so much more that impact that you can have together than if you would just work uh, alone doing it. Yeah, and friends, I urge you, if you're married and you're an entrepreneur and your spouse isn't, and in the last couple of years, you've really been wanting them to get on board working with you, I urge you, share with them this podcast. It might just make them reconsider. It might just make them see the importance of working together on their larger vision for your lives. Yeah, and you know, uh, it makes me think of a a man that I met uh, a few years back at the John Maxwell team certification. Um, He was a pastor and he had the biggest sadness that his wife did not want to partner with him in the John Maxwell team and she didn't want to really be part of that mission that God put on his heart and it was a big sadness to him to not have that and I know that he was looking at us so excited to be you know working together and building thriving on purpose and and we talked about that and I'll never forget that time um, that really spoke to me and I think that there's so much power when you can both find that uh, sweet spot together where you can both uh, encourage each other. And you know, you might not be wanting to do the exact same business. Maybe you're both in two different businesses, yeah. but it doesn't mean that you can't take the wealth of those two businesses and have a joint vision together of what you're gonna accomplish together. Exactly. Maybe as a side project, maybe as something you say, you know what, this is gonna build significance yeah. and leave a legacy on the world or for kids, or I wanna build this and I wanna do this together with you. Cause you might both have different strengths. Like, yeah. you know, one of you might have a, a law firm or a marketing agency and the other one might be a well-known writer. I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that you will necessarily do like we're doing and thriving yeah. on purpose working together. Maybe your strengths are, you know, maybe you've decided to build your strengths separately, but you can still find a way to to join this uh, this vision that you can pray about with God and see how you can build something beautiful together uh, that has that you know doesn't necessarily have to be a a, a real a tangible business. It could be something else. It can be an organization. It could be buildings uh, foundation. It could be so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. And and like Liz said, you know, just uh, have a common vision. It doesn't necessarily mean building a business together. It can just mean building something of value that is going to serve as a legacy for you as a couple. I was thinking that while I was preparing this podcast, I was thinking about John Maxwell and talking to Liz about it. I said, you know, he built five businesses. He built five businesses. It's his name. He's the, the public figure. And we know that, that his wife is not working the business with him. And yet I'm sure if you'd sit down with John and ask him, how instrumental was Margaret? in the success of your five businesses. And he would tell you right off the bat, he would say, 
none of them would exist if it weren't for Margaret. So it's not because you're not working the business that you're not contributing to building the vision. Exactly. And he does talk about it in the first few years of marriage when uh, they didn't they were flat broke and didn't even have money to buy their personal development kit and it meant so much to him and she helped him out and they worked together to be able to buy that and um, there you know a, a woman's help is super super important and I would tell you if you're a man and you're listening to this and you're saying I have no idea how to get my wife to care about my ministry or to care about what I'm doing um, it, I know it could be touchy for for some people but I think you know a lot of men tend to portray the vision that they have and sometimes the woman just doesn't see where she fits in she feels excluded from the vision exactly and she she just doesn't know where she fits in and she hasn't explored enough things hasn't tried enough things to see where she could fit in and it's only by trying different things it's only by encouraging uh, her to to find her place where god is asking her to work uh, to be part of that vision, to try different things for her to find where she's flourishing and where she's enjoying it. Uh, sometimes it's ministry that has to do with children, and it could be something else completely different. But, you know, you won't know what she wants to do unless she tries it and unless you encourage her to do that. And I think some, a lot of women just don't see how they fit in and they see their husbands as wow, he's doing this and he's doing that. Like, I cannot be the equivalent of that, so I won't even try. Yeah, and likewise, I want to talk to the men now. Uh, if, if you're a man who's successful, who, who's built a business, always make sure that you tell your wife how essential she was helping you achieve that. Because even if she doesn't have a hand in the business, if she's doing uh, stuff from home, taking care of all the kids' needs, uh, taking care of the household to, to make sure it's run properly so you don't have to worry about that. All this contributes to you having the time and freedom to build that business, that successful business. So always make sure that you turn to her and say, baby, this would never have happened without you. Yeah, and to, to talk about your talk about what you're doing even if it's stuff that you know she doesn't fully understand to talk about it so that she does feel like she has a part in it and that you know all the stress that she removes from your life because she's doing maybe more or does things for you that you don't have to do um, are contributing to you having more energy to to do what it is you need to do yeah. uh, I know that we did a podcast on this um, how to I think it was how to survive um, was it? I think it was uh, how to not let your business ruin your marriage. Yeah, and we did talk about some aspects of that, of key points, and I think you should go back and listen to that. Yeah, that was a good. There episode. were a lot of good points there as well. So anyhow, we hope that you were blessed by this podcast, and we hope that you'll like and share it and bless others that need to hear this message. We're going to do a second part where we have another five commandments that are completely different and very insightful. And I know that you'll enjoy that. So if you haven't gone to thrivingonpurpose.com, I encourage you to do so to get our free resources on the front page. Be blessed and thrive on. For more free resources and content, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com 